0: Oh, so we are uh, continuing our series we only have two more today and next week and then we're wrapping up our values uh, and our vision series it's been life giving for me i just think this has been a wonderful opportunity to dig into our call and our identity who we are uh, who god has called us to be here especially at this great community of st john and so today we're talking about being mission minded and we're going to dig in um, to this value and what this looks like for us as a church I want to invite you, if you haven't already, to open up your St. John app. We do have notes there available for you uh, today and every week. Um, So if we don't talk about it, they're still there if you enjoy taking your notes. It's a great way to follow along. And, you know, if you have questions, it's a great place to throw some questions out. You can always come to me and Tom. We would love talking about these things. So we'd be happy to work through some things if you have some questions. Uh, But today we're going to dig into Romans 10. And being mission-minded as our value means we are living our lives out loud for Christ, living our lives out loud for Christ. We serve others, we reach out to others, we share our story, and we love. And these things I just listed seem pretty basic. I mean, you can do these things and people do these things all the time, even non-Christians. But there's a big difference between why we do it and why other people do it. The difference between Christians and non-Christians in serving other people is our motivation. So what motivates us is that we serve, we love, we care because we want God to have the glory. We want God to be experienced. We do these things in Jesus' name. It truly is what sets us apart from the world. It's our motivation. We want all people to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So today we're digging into this letter that Paul wrote to the Romans This is one of the most important books of Scripture. It really defines a lot of theology, a lot of doctrine, a lot of things that we believe today came from the book of Romans and the way that Paul um, talked about certain things, especially the gospel. And so it's just a couple of verses, Romans 10, 13 through 15. I'd love for you all to read this aloud with us today. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Ah, oh, the word of the Lord. So here Paul emphasizes the gospel and the truth of our salvation in the response. All we have to do is profess that we believe through faith. And we believe. And we've called on Jesus, and He hears us. And we're going to look at the Scripture the same way that Paul kind of writes it out for us. We're going to lay out, looking at each of these four questions that he asks in these verses that we read, to talk about what this value looks looks like for us to be mission-minded. So as disciples who have come to know Christ and profess their belief with our words and through our baptism, this should be a very important part of our lives, is being mission-minded. Once we understand how to come to Christ through calling on his name, because of our belief and realization of who he is and what he has done for us and what he will continue to do for us, it then becomes our priority to be sure everyone else knows that same truth It can have that same opportunity to call out to the one who loves them so deeply. And so Paul asks this first question, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And so we've talked several times uh, throughout this series and throughout the year about the decline of Christianity in the U.S. We uh, learned in 2020 it was down to 64% of people who profess themselves as Christians that came down to from 90% where it was in 1970, and it's projected that by 2070 that will fall below 50%. That should break our hearts. That should break our hearts and make us really sad but it should also motivate us and know that there is much work to be done. Something else it should do is make us go, okay, how have I been a part of that decline? What's my part in it? Because as disciples, as the ones who are called to go and make disciples, we have to take some responsibility for that decline. And that's the hard part of this, right, is that we could be somewhat responsible for this great decline of Christianity in the U.S. But as people who go and make disciples, well, we seem to be not going and making disciples. So what can we do? What can we do that's different? Well, I think there's two hard truths that we need to take a look at. The first hard truth is the disconnect that there is between mission mission. And evangelism, and you're going to hear us talk about this a lot. Mission and evangelism. There's a tendency for churches, um, for denominations, for institutions to sort of separate the two. You're either focusing on um, the mission part, the social justice, caring for people, serving the poor, taking care of the sick. Or you're focusing on the other one. You're just sharing the gospel. You're only talking about Jesus. And that sounds weird for me to even say it like that. But that's the only thing you're doing. You're only talking it. Let's be clear today, between mission and evangelism, there is no separation between the two. They go together. They go together like peas and carrots. Maybe that's not your favorite thing. Maybe you like ice cream and sprinkles. If you're like me, maybe your favorite is biscuits and gravy. Or Tennessee and football. Sorry, I had to throw it out there. I had to do it. It was a big game yesterday. I was in the middle of Cracker Barrel going, Oh, yeah. They go together, right? Mission and evangelism. They cannot fully have the joy that both of those will bring to the world unless you're doing them together. Unless you're doing them together. The second hard truth I want to talk about is this being lukewarm. We remember in Revelation when Jesus makes it very clear what he does with stuff that's lukewarm. What's he going to do with it? going to spit it out of his mouth. No anything to do with being lukewarm. But let's face it. A lot of us live our lives comfortably. Doing what we do day in and day out. Checking off our to-do list. Getting everybody rounded up and doing all the things we need to do. And then we sit on the couch at the end of the day and we go, whew, what a day I want to veg out and watch some TV. We all do it. I do it. I know I do it. <laughs> we lose focus on what our main priority should be. And that's God's kingdom and being disciples who make disciples and furthering God's kingdom and joining him in that great work that he's doing. There seems to be a malaise in our society that we just kind of go through the motions and we're okay with being okay and being complacent. Most people we meet are nice and kind and good people. So I think a lot of times we've just gotten used to thinking, well, if they're kind and they're nice and they're good people, they probably already know Jesus. There's no use in me bringing it up or talking about it or thinking that they need that shoved down their throat. But I ask the question today, are they truly calling on the one who can save them? Are they truly calling on Jesus, the Savior of the world, who came here who lived for us, who died for us, and whose spirit is still here to guide us? Is the thought crossing our mind that people could be lost and need to find the way to the one who cares for them so deeply? Are we praying for God to bring people into our lives who could be lost so that we have the opportunity to have what may be a hard conversation, but a conversation that we're called into so that we can share our, our story, and in the midst of that story, God's story. And we go back to, are we inviting people to church? That's a really easy way to get the conversation started about Jesus. He is, after all, the reason we are here, the reason we come together to worship. Are we inviting people to church? Chris attributes me with the great advantage of getting to talk about Jesus because he's married to a pastor. So anytime it's like, oh, yeah, I'm married to my, you know, Ashley, she's a pastor. He's like, man, opens the door right up. <laughs> he doesn't really have to invite people to church, although he does a much better job of doing that than even I do. Who are people calling out to these days? Are they calling out to the only one who can save them? Or are they calling out to the world because the world is all they know?
1: So Paul is... Um Attempting to make a salient argument for reaching out in the name of Jesus, speaking a clear word about Christ, also being present in the name of Christ so that lives might be turned, so that lives might be supported, so that life, lives might be helped. And so he uh, he asks a second question in building this, uh, this salient argument of why we need to be mission-minded, why we need to be, uh, be lifting up the, the great good news that is uh, Jesus. And that second question is, how can they believe if they have not heard? How can they believe if they've not heard? And we hear that in our day and age, and we wonder, how in the world, literally, could there be any person who has not heard of Jesus? There are so many ways for us to connect these days, so many ways for us to to reach out, so many media outlets, so much social media that goes on. How in the world could there be one individual that has not heard about Jesus? At Centenary, the church that I served before coming to uh, St. John, we had done uh, quite a bit of work with what was termed unreached People groups. We we learned a lot about that, and that in fact there are unreached people groups throughout the world. That come came as some surprise to to many people, particularly for the reasons that we had just shared. You know that there's all kinds of ways to to reach out through the through the media and and, and otherwise. In fact, we uh, we dug so deeply in the stuff of unreached people groups that we. Uh, we decided that we would support uh, the the outreach to a group of people in sub-Sahara Africa. And in fact, we, we had said that we would help fund a translation of the Gospel of Luke that would reach that unreached people group. And we had uh, bulletin boards uh, out that had the the Scripture from from 1-1 all the way to the very end, and people could sign up and donate money, and it would help provide the finances to to take care of the expenses of translating into that very obscure language. And we were successful in doing that. And I trust that as we had uh, sent the money along, that the translation was… Was done, and that the Gospel of Luke got in the hands of that unreached people group. Yeah, there are people uh, yet today that have not heard. And certainly around us, there are people who have heard, but they have yet to respond, or they turn their back to uh, to to what they have what they have heard, or their hearts are hardened, and they 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 they're not at a place of really. Uh, accepting, as as maybe Christ would would have them to do, we we stand at a place uh, near and far where there are people all around us who need to hear afresh the good news about Jesus. There are people all around us with deep-seated need that only we, only the church, can really meet not just spiritually, but also in regard to to many of the temporal needs of this world. Again, we're stating a case that being mission-minded is is an integrated whole. It always comes with uh, uh, touching base and trying to meet the needs of those that are around us. Uh, It also comes along with a very clear word about the good news of Jesus, an integrated whole. We attempt to do that in our vision statement. We rehearsed that uh, as we began the Servant Series, where we are hoping to make a difference uh, by lifting up the name of Jesus Christ, by offering hope, and by serving others. That offering hope and serving others is an integrated whole and is a matter of core value, is a matter of identity for us, hopefully, as individuals and as a church. We are mission-minded, offering the hope of the good news of Christ, seeking to serve others, and to help where we can. Evangelism without mission just rings hollow, just empty words, if you will. Mission without evangelism lacks power. It lacks definition. It, It lacks character. When the two come together, great things take place. We find ourselves uh, just launching our emphasis here over the next few weeks on Operation Christmas Child. All of you are uh, encouraged to take a box or two and to fill it with uh, gifts that will uh, simply thrill uh, children around the world. Uh, I am thankful for this uh, strong heritage that we have with uh, Operation Christmas Child. You know, the interesting thing about Operation Christmas Child is that it is a holistic effort. Uh, One, in fact, we saw the the video just, just last week. It's a video of kids opening their boxes, and they take great delight at the gifts that are given. But along with those gifts is the opportunity to offer a clear gospel message. And there are those that come alongside those children to offer that clear message Certainly that takes place not just with Operation Christmas Child but with a, a number of other mission endeavors with which uh, we, we find ourselves associated. We, uh, we know that through prodigal ministries, um, a, a, a group of folk that give leadership in helping people to integrate into society after they have been incarcerated for ever how long they've been incarcerated. Most people are given a place to stay, they're given uh, food, uh, given uh, opportunity to integrate into a job, but I know for sure that every week, if not every day, there is a very clear gospel message that is shared. That's having an integrated understanding of what mission is. That same sort of thing is replicated at Grace Kids. Not just a good meal, not just a good time, not just good fellowship with the other children, but a gospel message that is presented. I know that happens at Portland Promise Center. It happens at Lighthouse Mission, at, uh, at, at uh, High Point in LaGrange. All those things take place. Needs being met, but eventually coming around to where spiritual needs are met, and a very clear and concise witness to the good news of Jesus Christ is lifted up. Again, being mission-minded as an integrated whole. We are a light to the the nations, a light that is set on a hill. That's uh, what we have uh, termed ourselves. We are a light set on a hill, praying that that light has great effect upon those who are in our immediate community. And that... uh, that that effect will happen as we seek to meet needs and as we seek to be clear about why we are meeting those needs and in particular, lifting up the good news of Jesus Christ. Even this afternoon at our fall festival, where not only persons from this church, but from around the community will come and we have the opportunity to fellowship, to share, to to have meal together, and hopefully in our conversations to be able to radiate the light that is Christ for each of us. So then let's work to lift up the good news of Christ by word and deed, an integrated whole of meeting need, temporally as well as spiritually, never forgetting the very one who gives us the power to do these very things.
0: So now we turn to the third question that Paul asked, which is how can they hear if we don't tell them? How can they hear if we don't tell them? And discipleship would be really easy if the church was a magnet and people just had to walk in. wonder what's going on in there. I want to hear what they're having to say. <laughs> oh, that would be great, wouldn't it? But that's not how it is. That's not how things are at all. We have to build relationship with people and have conversation with them and go out of our way to strike up that conversation sometimes, even though that may be a little bit uncomfortable and weird. I actually had a friend who gave me this picture. I was looking at it last night. It's actually really funny. Uh, you'll see, you know, Jesus is up there talking to his apostles, and one's making an airplane, a paper airplane. You got the guy in the middle sleeping. That's probably Peter. Peter. And you got the two up there in the front passing notes around and talking, and it just really cracked me up. And, and I know this seems a little ironic to share this picture uh, from the pastor who encourages everyone to attend my Act of Discipleship Discovery class. <laughs> I get that. Uh, but that class isn't just the only thing that we learn in that class is, hey, to take this, you leave. I actually told the, the group that finished up a little while ago, you're not going to get a certificate that says, oh, congratulations, you're a disciple now. <laughs> you don't have to do anything else. Uh, unfortunately, that's not that's not the point of the class. But something that we do in that class um, that really feeds into this mission and evangelism and how those are tied together so closely um, and, and used together, they're not mutually exclusive at all, is by digging into our stories. We take the opportunity to map out our lives, and we look at the good stuff, and we take a hard look at the bad stuff, and then we go, okay, God, what are some things that have come out of those moments? The good stuff that's come out of those moments, the bad stuff that's come out of those moments, and who I am today, because you never left me through all of that. And so it's really a wonderful journey of figuring out how God has, God's story is intertwined with our story. Because after all, our story is God's story, and God's story is our story. And in order for us to really be able to tell people, we've had to take the time to reflect on where God has been in our own lives, what we have gone through, even though it can be painful to do that. You see, people aren't going to hear the gospel unless we use the words to tell them. But that's not the only piece. You also have to live it out through your actions, through the way you live your life, through what's important to you, what takes priority. For instance, we pray in church together every week. We sit here and and we, we, we come together, we commune together with our hearts pointing up towards God and asking Him to come in and lift these prayers up. But are we praying at home together? Are we praying around the dining room table when our kids are there? When we're on the phone with our kids who may be off at college and they're struggling with something, are we taking the time to pray, them, pray with them? Are we praising God whenever something really awesome happens? When we uh, hear about people in our community who are struggling and, and facing some hardship, are we praying for them first and foremost? But are we reaching out, asking how we can support them? Are we taking them a meal, even though we know that they probably didn't ask for it, but we want to be able to do something? Are we reaching out to the church and saying, hey, how can we help them? Are we helping them? Do we know about this? Are we taking the time on Sunday mornings to be a greeter so that we can be sure that people who come in and out of this place feel our love and our welcome, and they know that we are glad that they are here? Are we serving in our small groups together? By going down to High Point and serving on Thursday nights, the fourth fourth Thursday night of each month, where we not only get to provide them a meal and meet this physical need, but we have the opportunity to talk with them and build relationship with them and share the love of God through that way. Are we taking the time to go down to Bread of Life and handing out food to people and other necessities, but also providing them a space so that we can hear their story and what their struggles are? I've heard wonderful, wonderful testimonies out of that from other people who serve down there. Are we taking part in the Barrel Ministry, which is one of the easiest things that we can do, mission-wise, is bringing in things for people. Right now, we're taking up uh, bedtime stories for our, uh, our mission that's called Aunt Mary's Storybook Project, which is a beautiful ministry, where we go into the prison and we read, we allow moms to read bedtime stories and be recorded so that their kids, who they're separated from, can hear their mom reading them a bedtime story and still be with them even in the midst of a, a really hard situation. You see, we not only have to talk the talk, but we have to walk the walk. And we not only have to walk the walk, we've got to talk the talk. We've got to be sure that people know, why wow, we're doing what we're doing. And that people are being cared for not only through us, but God is caring for them through us. Are we committing our hands and feet to serve others in the name of Jesus?
1: So Paul, with this fourth question, uh, really bring, brings it home uh, for for each of us. In fact, he uh, he he puts it in such a way that uh, we may feel a little bit uncomfortable. We may uh, may find ourselves uh, pressed, if you will, convicted. I think is sometimes the word that's. Uh, kicked around uh, the the church. He asks, uh, how can they tell if they don't go? We know that uh, Jesus himself left us with the Great Commission. Go, therefore, into all the world and make disciples. We are called to go. Not to sit, not just to, to brood, but to actually go, to get involved, to be present in the lives of other people. You know, other, uh, just a few minutes ago, I lifted up any number of mission opportunities with which we are, are involved, uh, they're all a big deal, and all are doing a great job in furthering God's kingdom. You know, that even drills down to the, to the individual responses that each of us make, not only in our involvement with those missions, but in our involvement with people who are in our sphere of influence. We, we are to go. Uh, we, we are to, to, to live our lives in, in, in such a way to where we are radiating the light of Christ and we are putting definition to that by lifting up the good news that is Christ, the very reason for the light that is within us. We are to go, go therefore into all the world and make disciples. And so there is a degree of conviction to that uh, we would do well, every one of us, to pray, to, uh, to pray uh, sincerely, to pray faithfully, to pray humbly that God would help us, strengthen us, and empower us to go. That we would not be uh, timid, that we would not be hesitant, that we would not be cautious, that we would not lack motivation that we would seek after the very motivation that is ours as we, as we long to be mission-minded. And that uh, very, um, uh, very motivation comes from the power and presence of God's Spirit working through us. We do well to open ourselves to that power, and in that, looking forward to great fruit being born for God's kingdom. And so we're, uh, we're called to go. There's no other way to, to slice or dice that or mince it. It's just a, a, a flat-out commission that God has offered to each of us. We uh, just spent, Cheryl and me, a delightful week with our grandchildren, and, and uh, we took a trip with them uh, to, to Florida. Brian and Cassie and his family were, were with us. We had a wonderful time. Brian and Cassie have two daughters, uh, Charlotte and Margaret, and then their youngest, uh, Miles, and I'm telling you, we were astir the entire time, (laughs) but we live to tell about it, I can assure you. All that being said, uh, young Maggie has taken a great affinity to uh, being a part of things at the church. She loves uh, singing at church. She loves uh, being in Sunday school uh, we gave her one of those uh, children's Bibles, and she reads from that regularly. I think she calls it her Jesus book. There you go. That's a good title. What do you say? She um, uh, was reading the story the other day, and Cassie uh, got that on, uh, on, on video. It's a story of uh, Moses before the burning bush and, and God giving uh, Moses command to, to meet uh, with Pharaoh to demand that, that the Pharaoh le- let the children of Israel go. You know the story. And she even turns the page and uh, talks about the, the hesitancy of Pharaoh in letting the children of Israel go. So she tells that story. Now she can sort of read, she sort of knows the story, and then she does a lot of paraphrasing. And that's okay for a youngster. In fact, we all do a little bit of that. And she goes through the story, reading and then telling and then paraphrasing. And at the end, she has this to say these are the words of uh, of Pharaoh as he finally decides to let the children go. And then Pharaoh says, Okay, 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 I'll do it. Well, I've heard that and I found myself <laughs> I found myself very convicted. Okay, okay. Okay. I'll do it. Go therefore into all the world and make disciples. Without hesitancy, without caution, without timidity, without lack of motivation. Going into all the world, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, every concentric circle that, that, that emanates from being close to home to near to home, to all the way around the world, being mission-minded, tying, lifting up the good news of Christ with a deep desire to meet the needs of those who are around us. Okay, 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 I'll do it. I'll go into all the world. And make disciples. Let's pray together. Thank you, O God, for your uh, deep and abiding love. Thank you for your call upon our lives. Lord, we pray today as a church that you uh, give us a deep sense of what it means to be uh, mission-minded. Lord, we pray That you um, empower us to always be about offering hope. God, we pray as well that we uh, seek at every turn to serve others. We count it an honor to lift up the good news that is Christ. We count it an honor to help and support all in the name of Christ. Lord, may it be in these things. That we are furthering your kingdom, that we are blessing those around us. As you work through us, may it be unmistakable that it is your light and your love that is making the difference. This, This prayer we make in the name of Christ, trusting In the power of that name, for today's world, amen.